0: This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network.
1: Men who tried to flee from officers in a stolen car. The sheriff's office reports after crashing the car, the suspects tried to find refuge at a nearby home. The homeowner met them armed with a gun and one of the men was taken into custody. The other suspect fled to another home, but that homeowner also had a gun and held the man at gunpoint until police arrived. In other news, it's Friday. More at our website now, Decatur.com.
2: Texas has no plans to comply. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. With a Biden administration deadline today to allow U.S. border agents access to a park in Eagle Pass to cut razor wire the state put up to block migrants.
3: We have the right to defend our country against invasion. And what else would you call it if you've got 6 million people coming through illegally?
2: Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt and 24 other Republican governors support Texas. And he just told Fox he might send his National Guard to help the state. But Fox's Jackie Heinrich reports from the White House some Democrats want President Biden to federalize National Guard troops in Texas.
0: As they also pressed con- uh, congressional Republicans to take up this border bill that was being negotiated in the Senate and looked pretty likely to pass until Senate GOP leadership acknowledged that former President Trump will likely be the Republican nominee, and he does not want this bill.
2: Now, this hour, the former president is expected to attend closing arguments at a civil defamation trial in New York. The U.N.'s high court is urging Israel to do more to limit Palestinian deaths and damage in its war against Hamas, stopping short of what South Africa wanted, an order for- israel to stop the war in gaza
4: in the courts view at least some of the acts and omissions alleged by south africa to have been committed by israel in gaza appear to be capable of falling within the provisions of
2: the convention. Joan Donahue is the president of the Court of International Justice. Israel's prime minister is calling the genocide allegations outrageous. An American journalist jailed in Russia has been ordered to stay behind bars through at least March. It was March of last year when Evan Gershkovich was arrested, accused of being a spy. He denies that. The U.S. calls Gershkovich wrongfully detained. A convicted murderer died in a new way last night. Kenneth Smith suffocated by nitrogen gas, the first of its kind execution.
3: He struggled against his restraints a little bit, but there's
2: some involuntary movement and some agonal breathing. So, uh, that was all expected. Alabama Corrections Commissioner John Hamm. Witnesses say Smith convulsed for several minutes, appearing to gasp for air. America's listening to Fox News.
5: Man, I feel like I'm in my 20s again, at work, in the gym, and in the bedroom. Are they still giving out complimentary bottles for people to try it for themselves? Yeah, you just need to send them a text. Text ROCK to 42424
0: right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC. Plus, text now, and we'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, our most powerful fat incinerator ever, to help you get back into shape fast, absolutely free. Text ROCK to 42424. That's ROCK to 42424.
2: It has happened yet again. Houthi militants fired a missile today at an American warship in the Gulf of Aden near Yemen. But that missile was shot down by the USS Carney and there's no damage. The U.S. has launched nine attacks in the past two weeks in retaliation, targeting those Iran-backed Houthi militants to stop their almost daily attacks on shipping in the Middle East. And the U.S. has also imposed more financial sanctions, targeting...
5: Another four uh, Houthis uh, individuals uh, who are directly tied to the attacks in the Red Sea and we're pleased to be able to announce that the United Kingdom is joining us in sanctions on these four specific individuals as
2: well. That's National Security Council spokesman John Kirby. And while those Houthis are backed by Iran, along with militants in Iraq and Syria who have been attacking American forces there, the Wall Street Journal reports the U.S. tried to warn Iran ahead of an ISIS terror attack earlier this month that killed 84 people there.
5: The United States and Iran share
4: a common enemy
5: in ISIS, and this ISIS-K group, if you recall, uh, destroyed killed 13 Americans at the Abbey Gate during the Afghanistan withdrawal. Uh, but remember, for years, both the Obama administration and the Trump administration fought a war against ISIS, and who was on the ground in Iraq, uh, a de facto ally of the U.S. military, were some of these same Iranian proxy groups that are attacking U.S. troops today. So, uh, of course, the United States does not share diplomatic relations with Iran. Any kind of messages to Tehran we pass through the Swiss.
2: That is Fox's Lucas Tomlinson. We got another report on inflation this morning, and that showed it cooled a little last month. It was up only 0.2 percent from November into December. 2.6 percent was the annual rate of inflation at the Australian Open. The men's final is set, and Novak Djokovic is not in it. Knocked out in straight sets by Yannick Sinner, spoiling Djokovic's bid to win that tennis tournament for the 11th time. Sinner will face Daniil Medvedev in the first Grand Slam final of the year.
5: I'm Dave Anthony. This is Fox News. Hi, I'm Matt Fairchild from Hickory Point Bank. Whether you're looking for a loan to expand your business or a service-minded place to do your everyday banking, experience counts. And here at Hickory Point Bank, we have years and years of it. But experience doesn't just mean longevity it means knowing when to rely on the tried and true and when to offer a more innovative solution it means using everything we've learned to meet the banking needs of people just like you hickory point bank member fdic
6: here's a look at your news channel 20 storm team forecast today some dense fog then cloudy, high of 42. Tonight, patchy, dense fog, cloudy, and a low of 35. For Saturday, slight chance of rain after 1 p.m., fog before that, cloudy, and a high of 42. Sunday, mostly cloudy, high near 40. Current temperature in downtown Decatur, 36 degrees. Your WSOI time is 8.06.
3: morning and welcome to the 8 o'clock hour of Buyers and Company. Angela's in from the Y, ready to whip you in shape. We'll talk some Australian Open. She's a tennis freak now. Staying up all night, watching it live. Uh, and Congresswoman Nikki Badzinski in studios. The company starts
4: now.
0: Buyers and Company, WSOY,
4: 1340 AM, 103.3 FM, streaming live at nowdecatur.com.
3: Good morning and welcome. What lessons can we learn from this Wall Street Journal, uh, interview with the, uh, marketing executive for NASCAR? You're a, a race fan. You've yep. been going to the Indy 500 most of your life. Yep. Uh, a couple of years ago, they banned the Confederate flag from, uh, NASCAR races. And you'll, you'll find this familiar because this, this is the whole idea of growing your audience, marketing, being inclusive, trying to make people feel like they belong. And if you listen to the 10% with the Confederate flags, you're never going to grow anything, and they eventually will die, and their grandkids and great-grandkids will be smarter than they are. Uh, And you can go with them, or you can make the place feel inclusive to everyone, right? That was the answer given uh, uh, by the, the chief marketing officer for all of NASCAR. Their growth, listen to these numbers, uh, if you look at uh, African American Hispanic uh, fans of NASCAR, if you go to new fans, meaning I am a new fan three years or less of NASCAR, 40 percent of that audience is African American or Hispanic, hmm. okay? Now, line that up with banning the Confederate flag and line that up with the things that they're doing. They had a block party with Bubba Wallace where they had 3,000 attendees. They had it before the race. And they gave out 2,000 vouchers to get into the NASCAR race free on Sunday. And they had 70% of those vouchers redeemed. Now, if you're in that kind of world, I don't get it too overly complicated, 70% return rate is ginormous. Big. Big you got to think about things in a different way. And even if you don't think it's the right thing to do, which I personally believe you should think that, it's the smart thing to do. Uh, and so often we get political with things, and we will do dumb things just because it makes us feel good to go us versus them, and it's not even smart. That $6,000 investment in that book vending machine, You can think whatever you want to think about teachers unions or public schools. It's smart. Why won't we just do the smart thing?
4: So the forty percent increase is in viewership or yeah,
3: in their fan base. I mean, if if if,
4: if you watch NASCAR, there are not people in the stands. Not like it used to be,
3: but people are watching NASCAR on Netflix, but but they're watching. That's the way, you know, outside of the NFL and outside of the NBA and outside of like, you know, soccer and, and, or as they call it, football in certain parts of the world, people are attending less and less because there's more avenues for you to consume, but they made a deal NASCAR. and, And this is something very different. Um, it, you know, if you look at what they did in Chicago, 80 percent of their in-person ticket sales for the Chicago street race were consumers who had never attended a NASCAR race.
4: Well, that's underst- especially if you live close and you just go but out. But what and, I'm saying, though, is
3: yeah. think about all those people they brought to an event for It'll, the very first time because they had it in downtown Chicago. And I'm sure there's people in the South in particular. Why are you doing, you, you know, the NASCAR fan base that's been there forever?
4: I feel like the the base the NASCAR base has like the the ones that were really into it I would say in the 90s they're not there anymore. There are very few. They are I mean that's just my opinion just from watching it on TV and going I remember when these places were packed. There was like a a decade where you could not get a ticket to a NASCAR race. Oh,
3: and I think you could go back but the 80s were that way, too. But, but they just, can't. in this past year, signed a deal with Amazon and Warner Brothers yeah. Discovery for $7.7 billion over seven years, which is a 40% increase in anything they've ever done TV rights-wise. So... What you're saying, mm-hmm. anecdotally, mm-hmm. isn't translating to profit, uh, and their audience is growing, and they're bringing more and more people that may not have felt comfortable in those stands uh, to the table. I just think, I, I don't understand what's so hard to, you know, they partnered with Pitbull, I think he's performing at Daytona, they, they, they want younger fans, right? Because if you kowtow to your 65-year-olds, they don't ever want anything to change. They don't ever want any. I mean, they gripe and moan about everything. And in 10 years, they're dead. And who's coming in after them?
4: Well, pretty soon, it won't be people watching in the stands. It's just going to be everybody doing it for whatever. I
3: think there will always be stands.
4: It's just, it has really, in NASCAR, I would say it's the opposite in Indy. I have seen a growth in Indy in the last 10 years participation-wise.
3: Well, I, I, I mean,
4: actually being in, sure. in the stands. Look, they're not going to give up it's, on it's having a
3: live audience. They it's, want the live audience. They just think that live audience will look very different five years from now it, than it does today.
4: It's cyclical. It all depends on the drivers and if you can really... Get into the drivers and their, and
3: that's why they're doing the Netflix yeah, series, which starts to. January thirtieth. <laughs> they have to, uh, you know, uh, and that's why they did the Bubba Wallace one, and 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 yeah, because you don't have Dale Earnhardt Jr., you don't Jr. have, you don't have Tony like you Stewart, mm-hmm. you don't have, and 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 you're right, it, but they were following the same path, right? I mean, they were just doing it the same way, the same way, the same way. I, I think it's brilliant. I, when you look at it as a whole, their strategy of, of survival, and I think that's what we're talking about. When you've got so many, you, you got eight hundred options, you, you know, on a Sunday afternoon versus five years ago. Yeah. So if my fan base means just the people watching the eight episodes of Netflix and they buy an NASCAR shirt, that's my fan base. And if we've got grandstands that make people feel intimidated or not welcome or it's this club over here that no one can get into, right? How's that going to survive? Anyway, it's an interesting article. Read it. Uh, And uh, they seem very intentional and very smart about how they're going about business. But you would think in the political landscape, it'd be just the opposite because everybody's going, Oh, we're boycotting you. Come on, stop. All right. How are you doing? Good. You sure?
4: Yeah. You're, I, you've been
3: up watching the Australian <laughs> Open all night, I'm haven't you? A little
4: you? sleepy, uh, just kind of, you know, in and out, catching a, catching the score. And now, is this to something sleep? you've
3: done every year?
4: Well, the Australian Open, it's hard because the time difference, it's like 19 hours or 15, whatever it is.
3: I hear it's the worst travel <laughs> trip that there is.
4: But I've been a tennis fan since I But I mean, are you husband, watching so... the majors like yeah. every
3: year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you watch the Netflix series, does that like inspire you to oh, watch yeah. it even more well, because you get a personal investment? Yeah. in Yeah. The...
4: And I didn't know, you know, I, I, there's not a lot of American men that I follow, um, Women, women but uh so yeah I, I it did uh the the first what breakpoint yeah. you know sabalenka i always thought she was really great but you know th- the demons that they all face and, and, and they're very open. about. Oh it. yeah. And so you don't, just don't like this,
3: Francis TFO or oh no,
4: I don't mind him. But yeah. Taylor um, Fritz.
3: We got some good America.
4: Yeah, we do. I, they're, they're good. I just, Tommy this, Paul's the story, this sinner kid, when I saw him play in the beginning of this tournament, the Italian, like, he is going to be good. And whoop. I feel like maybe, maybe if I was a betting woman, but I don't bet.
3: All right. So then yeah, I would
4: bet on him. <laughs> he just took
3: out the big guy. He did. Uh, and I overnight. mean,
4: pretty, easily.
3: Yeah. Tommy Paul's the story. He's out of the the Australian Open. But if you watch uh, Breakpoint Season 2, this kid uh, as Taylor Fritz said, Uh, he was the one that had all of the natural born talent. I mean, you know, the rest of them had to work really, really Mm -hmm. hard. And because it came so easy to him, he got into a lot of drinking and, and, you know, made a little bit of money and partied. Now he's clean and sober and back at it. I think that kid could be like a real huge success story for men's American tennis anyway.
4: Yeah. I like Ben Shelton too. And I like Francis. Oh, I mean, yeah, I just, yeah, the U.S. Open, you know,
3: a couple of years ago, I mean, it was party time. Michelle Obama was there. Remember all those people that were, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and it didn't work out. But one of these guys are going to break through, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what's really cool. You're seeing a young John McEnroe, you know, before he got to center court and won all of his titles. The best
4: commentator for tennis ever. Oh. He, he does that with his brother, right? Yeah. Patrick McEnroe. Actually, and they had um, Kyrgos, um, Kirios. Oh,
3: yeah, he's er, injured, so he's not he playing.
4: He is so much fun to listen to. Yeah. I mean, he is a completely different person off the court than on the court, which is Don't you think of that all of them point. are? But that break point, I mean, he was like night and day, but he's also two different people on the court. Sometimes you get the good one. Sometimes you get the not so good one. You know, with the personality is just off the wall. Now,
3: did I read? Did you watch the Coco Goff, uh, Sabolinka? I did not. Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't know if they find her or, or if they, uh, gave her like a point. She's oh. loud Coco on the court. Coco
4: or Sabolinka. Sabolinka. Yeah. Her uh, grunting. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. that is. That annoys me. Does, yeah. Totally annoys me. Why? I just. Do you remember tennis when they never did that? And then all of a sudden one person did it. Then they all started doing it. And I hey, get no, 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 I get it, you know, when you're lifting weights. there, you know, there
3: is know. something it, I was taught by the Koreans.
4: Uh, <laughs> there are times when I just mute it because I can't I can't listen to some of the commentators and this grunting constantly. <laughs> okay, so
3: now it, it, I, you, I get it. grunting is is a word. Uh I I don't want to go all uh uh quite kang on all of you, but there we we were taught uh, the word for it was kyup, uh which is a Korean word uh that it is it is channeling internal uh, uh power, right? Your chi. Um, and it is something that has been believed for thousands of years that it, and when you watch martial arts, you'll see a lot of this or, or and whatnot. I, I think the women started oh, it. Yes. I, I, I mean, I, I remember it pre Venus and Serena, yeah. but that sort of, it kind of peaked in, in that era, uh, yeah. you, you know, where there was a lot of it, but I think it's a physical tool.
4: Yeah. It, I don't know if it's more of a, Physical or mental, you just hear that grunt, and then the other person goes, "Well, if you're going to do it, I'm going to do it, and see if I can grunt louder than you." And but I didn't realize that they in
3: there. the rules they can like because they 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 took a point away from Djokovic, you know, like last year or something <laughs> uh, because of that, like because he was too loud. too loud. Yeah. So that,
6: that's interesting because all of what you guys have just talked about for the last few minutes can maybe be tied together with that courtside bar, two-story bar <laughs> in Australia, which talks about the old way of doing things and the new way of doing things, some players saying, I don't like it, and some going, man, it gave me the energy. Some of, it also brings up the idea of noise and not noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, like, so, yes. <laughs> it's interesting. Well, I, you know, the noise has been a part of it for so long. I, I just didn't realize that there could be a penalty attached to that. I'd never seen that.
4: Well, and... The- they're so adamant about it being absolutely silent when they're serving, but then they can grunt up and they can make all the noise themselves. I'm like, (laughs) seriously, you can't serve when someone's walking into their
3: Yeah, that was one of the other rules they changed for the Australian Open, is you used to have to wait uh, till like, they changed sides to be able to go in or out.
6: Yeah, ushers used to try to do that with football, like, you have to wait in between plays to shuffle to your seat. Yeah, it's
4: like. I mean, I get it. You, you want to be respectful to me. You're in a place with sixty thousand yeah. people. You're telling somebody's me somebody's yeah. got to go potty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to be respectful to the people that are sitting behind the me. Rules. if I'm coming back in, and but there's a big Angela, play going on. Angela,
3: the rules aren't for people like me I you. know. They're for everybody else. I also push that, my chair that, and that, after that I get won't up. act like a civilized, I behaved know. human being. I know that way about life. Most of us know that it's wrong to murder somebody. We don't need a law. (laughs) Most of us.
4: Oh, shoot.
3: Got to have those pesky laws because some people just can't get with the game.
6: Isn't it as obvious, you know, I I bring up this bar again, and we had talked uh, in the last week or so about the, you know, the the proximity of fans to the court or to the field Mm -hmm. or whatever. The whole thing is about the fans, I mean, first and foremost, the competition's great. We like it or whatever. But our engagement, our purchasing, our watching, our buying, all of that is what it's about. Mm-hmm. And so if there are things that bring the fans closer physically and just engagement, you know, and I think that's always got to take precedence over everything else. And I think that if noise, uh you know, in this case, being like a DJ or music between uh sets, it, it adds to the environment and that's what the fans want. I, I, I,
3: I don't disagree with anything you said that that, that flies completely in the face of what you said yesterday about Madonna sh- starting shows two hours late.
4: Oh, God, I was listening to that, and I was like, oh, my God. I don't understand what That you if mean. it's
3: all about the fans and all about okay. their experience and, and and the the product that should be based on that, that's the complete opposite of making people sit and wait for you two I, hours. To I start did not
6: show. co-sign with – I'm saying I don't think it's enforceable in the same way. I absolutely don't want to sit and wait two hours for any show that I – if I show up at 8, I
3: I want it to go. I'm only pointing out that some entertainment venues don't seem to care much
4: about the fan experience.
6: Because they already got the money, and and Madonna's (laughs) not building their business. It's the next
3: thing.
4: Well, according to my husband, Guns N' Roses was the worst at that. Oh, the absolute Reputation for it. Yes, yes.
3: And I guess you put up with it. I just—it would be hard to put it in the sporting world, which seems to understand how to get and keep people and retain them and entertain them. You can't imagine other than like a weather delay, yeah. paying three hundred dollars yeah. for a ticket for the Australian Open and having it start two hours. Yeah, late. kickoff
6: no. is three o four. The ball is going right, at three o four. Yeah, and
3: but, and you know Hell's Bells is playing right before that.
6: Yeah, and if you you ever go to a television taping <laughs> of of wrestling or any product it it goes to the second. Yeah. Get on. Go. Well,
4: and I, you know, I was a huge Madonna fan, like huge. And then, you know, she started bashing the United States and stuff like that, and I was like, I'm done listening to you. Well, you know, I, and I don't. I'll tell you what. If I was at that concert and she started two hours late, I would never listen to her again.
3: I don't. I think Ever. that's a stretch.
4: I would not. I don't think
3: I don't, make, I don't just, make those kinds of decisions in life. Like, uh like, you know, to me,
4: like my time is not as valuable as yours. I, I,
3: I would be annoyed by the two hour wait. Yeah, I, her politics have nothing to do with me whether if I like her music. It's like people that won't go see movies because an actor is like whatever. I'm like, I got news for you. They've always been that way. Guess
4: what? <laughs> I don't watch a lot of movies. We just
3: spent an entire uh, segment talking about John Lennon and, and the catastrophe of him being assassinated. You will never meet someone in your life more left of the political ideological line than John Lennon. But you got all these MACA people out there that still love the Beatles, and it's like, but we're not watching a George Clooney movie. It's
6: not even him. It's in the lyrics.
3: <laughs> I know. All I'm saying is, two hours late. Yes, the other stuff. You know, they're artists. Uh, you're you're yeah. probably not going to yeah. be in line with a lot of the I things guess, like, that they no. do. All right. So sure. you got a, a favorite in the Australian Open? You're rooting for the Italian? Kid.
4: I am. Yep. I I liked him. For the, the redheaded beginning. Italian. Yeah, kid. the redheaded Italian that I could swear he's Irish. Um. But yeah, from the beginning, I saw him play and, and I was like, this kid's good and I like him. He seems like a really nice guy.
3: I can't stand the Russian dude. Me either. He plays all kinds of games out on the court. He is, I, now, I mean, I, that's not okay. the first, you know, yeah. Jimmy Connors and John Bachanaro and those guys were all a little, but he's like sort of the guy who's unlikable that does it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. He's not the bad. He's not the <laughs> bad boy we're rooting for. He's in, you know, cause he, he just, He'll go take pee breaks and then stand and all the way up to like where it's almost a penalty. I mean, just like right in the middle when somebody's in a groove, you know, he will do everything short of cheating. To get in the other guy's head yeah. and stall the match. Out. I
4: mean, and there's a difference, between which isn't being, fun to watch. No, You know, there's a difference to me in being confident and cocky or arrogant. And he is the latter. He's and, the
3: guy doing this like when they boo.
4: <clears throat> yep. 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 That is him. And when he gets interviewed, you just want to kick him. <laughs> you just do. He is not, I don't think he's a very nice person. I,
3: I don't know. I, he's willing to play that character because it works they for him. They call that
6: being a
4: heel. Yeah.
3: In, yeah. In wrestling. And, 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 but there's also, you mentioned Nick from Australia. Yeah. He can play that role too, but he's good looking and not kind of bald and, and, and Russian. Is that the race? All that plays into it, don't you you think? it would be
4: interesting if they ever had Medvedev on this break point.
3: He was. Was he? Yeah, season two.
4: Maybe, is he on this next one?
3: Yeah, he's he's not focused on, but yes, he's a part of it. It'll
4: be interesting to see how he is off the court when he's not in his tennis mode, if he's kind of like Kyrgios is, Uh. where... You know, you're like, you're kind of a likable guy. I think that you're you
3: figure of- out out there you can you can be the hero, you can be the yeah. GOAT. There's all kinds well, of a- roles to play.
4: Yeah. Well, he's something. not
3: the greatest of all time. I mean, the GOAT, like what used to mean. He's something. That was my first lesson from CBS, cameraman Jim Kimmons, at my first NFL game, I'm looking for heroes and goats. That, that, that's all. They can be in the stands. They could be on the bench. They could be on the field. You just keep your eyes peeled for heroes and goats.
6: Oh, that's like a real good way of putting that. Yeah. yeah I like that. I that's, mean,
3: it was like, hmm? who's ever having the highest of highs right. or the lowest he of wants lows? He full emotion. Yep. yep. <laughs> and if you take that ride with uh, uh, a break point, that Sabalenka, uh, you know, man, she's just hanging by a thread she sometimes.
4: She is mentally she's come a long way but she's still got a long way to go well I she think. she but, there but there's a big
3: there's a big step in mm-hmm. season two of that show with okay. her but it makes you kind of want to root for her, right and i know on court she's big and intimidating and loud and you know all that she's screaming at herself and oh, she, she just rides the emotional wave she, that is almost hard to
4: she beats herself up yeah yeah for sure.
3: Okay, what's going on at the Y? We got a couple of minutes left here. Uh, get, are all the January quitters already out? Like no, the starters I, and the no, quitters? No,
4: we're, we're still we're still seeing quite a bit of, of uh, membership participation, and our classes are pretty pretty full. We've got, a, like I said, we did that new Spin Fusion class, and we added a, and they are full uh, registration only with waiting lists. So uh, yeah, we're doing. Pretty well. Sarah's killing it on that class and personal training, you know, it's pretty.
3: All right. Best way for people to just stop out again or call, and make an appointment, take well, a tour.
4: The best way is to come out so you can get the, the full flavor of everything. That just we take have. a tour. But yep. And you don't have to make an appointment. You can just walk on in. Otherwise, Decatur, a YMCA.org.
3: Well, I think people are intimidated, uh, you know, with that, yeah. that step in the door, right? They, right? If if they haven't been for a long time or they've never been, I think they have illusions of what it looks like where the, maybe the reality is a little different. And I think walking through just showing you everything and how it works and that goes a long way, I think, to get people over yeah. that initial hump of just saying, hey, I think I'll try this.
4: And you will find somebody similar to you. Yeah. And that why See? every single morning today. That's right. That's the whole
3: that's, that's the right. whole conversation we were having about NASCAR.
4: Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah.
3: If you don't feel included, why would you
4: go? Exactly.
3: Yeah. And I think people think about joining a gym And they think everybody looks like it's Venice Beach or something and and you're going to be out of place Mm and people are going to judge you. And you're going to go, as Angela said, you're going to go see people that are, you know, some further along the road than you, some behind you, everything in between.
4: Exactly. But you'll know where you're headed when you see those people and you make a community and they're like, you know, I was there six months ago and here I am now. So you'll get there. Just persevere.
3: All right. We appreciate it. Thank you. Um, you. uh, Be safe out there.
4: You too. No more potholes.
3: (laughs) 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 You know, I I, I don't think I'd ever, I've never had like that damage like that. I mean, we've certainly had potholes my whole life.
6: Safely, no rim or any, just tire. Uh yeah okay good oh that's good well,
3: it, well you know it it just shredded it off and then shredded it I I've never seen a screen do what my screen did in my
4: car was. oh man yeah, I, everything lit up
3: well yes but then I just got to watch it go Oh, it was that quick <laughs> wow <Whomp, whomp.
4: laughs>
3: yeah there was no like I got it about a hundred yards up into a parking oh, lot uh, and I was glad there wasn't anybody coming the other direction. I mean I lucked out on a lot of ways Uh but yeah that was so uh, be Jeez. careful out there.
4: No kidding.
3: And uh, the fog, you know, that can be dangerous. Well, and by the way. You made
4: it through the ice, but the pothole got gotcha. you. Well,
3: yeah, the ice probably is what popped Pro- the pothole probably. out. So or, do me a favor out there, please. Like, I thought, like, in the last 10 years that most cars have headlights that come on automatically. Jeez. I can't tell you how many people on the highway back from Champaign the other day and how many people in town were driving through all that fog with no brake lights, headlights, at on at all. Yep. Please turn them on. It could be the difference between killing someone. I mean, it really could. All right, Angela, we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Uh, Have fun with the Australian Open. We'll take a break. Congressman Buzinski will join us next. Stay tuned.
1: This is RJ Crace with your stories Now, nominations are now open for the Chamber Awards. Winners will be selected in five categories, Ambassador of the Year, 2023 Community Contributor of the Year, Entrepreneur of the Year, Nonprofit of the Year, and Small Business of the Year. Nominations are being accepted online at decaturchamber.com. The deadline for nominations is coming up a week from today. The U of I Extension is offering Master Gardening classes in Macon and Pyatt Counties February 6th through April 17th. Decatur classes are Wednesdays 530 to 730 starting on February 7th at the Macon County Extension Office. Monticello classes are Tuesdays from 9 to noon starting on the 6th at the Pyatt County Extension Office. Upon completion of training, volunteers need to log 40 hours as interns to become certified Master Gardener volunteers. There's a $175 fee, but waivers are available. By January 29th at nowdecator.com. Fox
4: News, I'm Therese Crowley. Texas showdown with a federal deadline today. Texas governor has no plan to allow border agents back into Shelby Park on the Rio Grande, where it's installed razor wire to block migrants. Attorney General Ken Paxton tells Fox.
5: I guarantee you. He's going to stand strong. He'll keep putting razor wire up. We'll keep blocking the border. We'll keep doing everything that we need to do to protect our state, despite the fact that this ruling, this Supreme Court ruling was so wrong.
4: Ten retired FBI directors encountered terror chiefs warning the House Speaker in a letter that an actual soft invasion of military-age men is underway at the border from countries like China and Syria, perilous for America. What did the president say while well, he was touting Bidenomics at a brewery in Superior, Wisconsin? By
2: the way, used to make beer brewed here. <laughs> it is used to make the brew beer here. <laughs> oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder what
4: America's listening to Fox News.
5: What's up, Doc? A brand new medical podcast brought to you by Decatur Orthopedic Center. Join Dr. Sams and Dr. Sullivan as they take a peek behind the drapes into the world of orthopedics. They will explore the newest trends in orthopedics, sports injuries, and musculoskeletal health. These leading orthopedic surgeons will go into detail about surgery, life as a surgeon, and the impacting change of orthopedics. Find What's Up Doc at NowDecatur.com under the podcast section or anywhere you get your podcast.
6: Here's a look at your News Channel 20 Storm Team forecast today. Some dense fog, otherwise cloudy, and a high of 42. Tonight, dense fog and cloudy with a low around 35. For Saturday, slight chance of rain after 1 p.m. Some fog and cloudiness, high of 42. Then Sunday, mostly cloudy with a high near 40. The current temperature in downtown Decatur, 35 degrees your WSLY time is
2: 8.32.
4: You're listening to Buyers and Company, streaming live at nowdecatur.com.
3: We have a love train? I don't think we do. Of course we do. <laughs> Day after November, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, we've had a, uh, an interesting week this week and uh, a fun one. We're going to wrap it up with uh, Congressman Nikki Budzinski, who's in studios with us here today. Uh, you, I was Your first year, right? Yeah. I mean, are you, does it feel like a year?
0: You know, it's gone by really fast in some ways and probably slower in others. It's been, it's been a busy year.
3: What did sure. you learn that you didn't know? You know, I've been behind campaigns. What did did you learn as the person now that once all the campaign's done, you got to go to work?
0: Yeah, well, it's about about building relationships and being the new kid on the block, uh, being a freshman in Congress, you've got to build those relationships. And as you know, Brian, I talk a lot about bipartisanship, but I would tell you my first year, I'm probably most proud of the fact that a lot of the legislative initiatives I've introduced on workforce development, um, on agriculture, economic development, it's been Bipartisan. I've been able to build some relationships on the other side of the aisle, and I think we need to do more of that.
3: I think it's smart, too. I mean, I think it's what's best for the people, but I think it's smart. I really do believe, and, and polling numbers are, are bearing this out, I, and I don't think we'll have a definitive knowledge of how that works out till we get through November, but there's a whole bunch of people in the middle that are really kind of just sick and tired of the national politics. And there's a lot of local politicians that are playing that national political game. And I don't know what we as citizens get out of that. You know, mm-hmm. uh Nick and I have talked all week, well, since Wednesday, when I destroyed my car, like in a two-foot pothole on 121 a state highway. That's in it's in horrible shape, why aren't we talking about how to fix things you know and instead of like shooting bud light cans or whatever i i, I don't i don 't understand why the twenty percent and the twenty percent seem to be driving a hundred percent
0: because they're the loudest, but I would say that most people to your point, Brian, are in the middle just like us. I think people are so sick and tired of the political noise. Um, and that's what I, I mean, I've been focused, really tried to be focused on solutions. And, you know, you talk about potholes, like trying to bring infrastructure dollars back. We I'm really proud we were able to identify about three hundred million dollars in federal grant grant funds to bring back to our communities. And that's what I think people expect me to be doing.
3: OK, so 15 bills, you introduced 15 bills, co-sponsored yeah. 298. I don't know what that. I mean, I know what a 320 batting average is in baseball. I don't know where that lands on the scheme of. Uh, uh, I'm assuming it's more than your compatriot, uh, but how is that a lot? It seems like a lot. I've been
0: I've been productive and busy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's introducing a lot, but it. But at the end of the day, you know, I think it, it's about how do we get these things done. And I think some of the frustration I have on the legislative front. I, are, I think, by the way, Brian, there are a variety of ways that we can find win for our communities, even apart from legislation. But the legislation has really been very challenging because of the political environment in Washington. The Republicans having a very, very narrow majority in the House has really slowed a lot of the just basic business of the people, like getting a budget done. Um, And until we can get things like a budget done, that has hamstrung our ability to do other important things like a farm bill. And so there's a really kind of snowball effect when we have a lack of leadership So, uh, you know, I think one of the things I've been really focused on is, again, bipartisanship, finding people, the majority of people bring together on these issues, but also find the wins back home. You know, we got a rail grant here in Decatur, 16 million for Brush College Road, one of the most dangerous intersections in the city of Decatur infrastructure investments don't have to be hamstrung by legislative process because of the fact that these bills have already been passed. So it's really about identifying the funds, bringing them home. And that's where I, in this first year, I think I've been able to find success.
3: Well, I think you went to where the stuff, I I mean, you know, instead of arguing, I've never seen anything like this speaker uh, thing. I I, I mean, it's unprecedented on either side of the aisle.
0: Yeah, it is. And it's not over. No, it's not. It's not. I mean, we just kicked the can down the road for the third time on a budget where we did a short-term spending uh, funding initiative just to keep the government, just to keep the lights on, right? We, yeah. I have 7,200 federal employees in the 13th District. These are people that are anxiously waiting to find out if we, if the government shuts down, that means that we're going to ask them to show up to work and not get paid. So that has a real life, you know, ramifications if we can't get to a budget. We kick the can down the road until early March. I think we should be able to get to a bipartisan budget. We've agreed on a number of key principles. But again, when you're talking about that 20% on each side of the party that's really loud, they're really... Tying our hands on getting this done. We're
3: doing that right now with Ukraine and then our border to the south. Uh, What I don't understand is there's a lot of conversation to be had around both of those subjects. Tying the two together so that you can blow it up in the middle just doesn't make any sense for the people of Ukraine. And it doesn't solve anything on our southern border.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. These are two very important um, crises that are happening that demand action right now. And I would just say on the border in particular... Um, You know, there have been bipartisan conversations happening in the Senate to come to an idea of framework around providing more security, more funding for our border that just collapsed about 24 hours ago. And the reasoning is that we're hearing that Republicans would rather use this issue as a political opportunity to score points between now and the November election than addressing the issue. The people of Ukraine need funding now. They need our help now. Um, and we, we've been providing that, um, that really important support. But without it, Putin will win. And so we can't wait there. We can't wait to address the crisis at the border. We should have a functional government that should be able to find bipartisanship to address these issues. And
3: I would point out, and I think it's fair to point out, there are people in your own party who have done similar things, yeah. that it is more important to have a political club to beat your opponent over the head with than it is to solve a problem. Uh, my good friend Howard, who spent a lot of time at the border and a lot of it, and written a couple of very interesting books, says the only way we're going to solve our border problem is to get
0: politics completely out of it. Absolutely. Absolutely, And, you know, what's happening at the border is, is a part of the bigger problem, which is that we need a comprehensive approach to how we deal with immigration in this country. And it needs to be bipartisan. We have to secure the border. We have thousands of illegal immigrants coming into the country right now. What are we doing to stop that? But then, what are we doing to create a real legal pathway for citizenship or legal status for folks that want to legally enter this country? We have a broken asylum system, right?
3: And then the vast so, majority of people just want a better life. Uh, and you look yeah. at what's going on in Ecuador, you know, now and what's been going on in, in you know, it, it's not even people coming from Mexico; it's people coming in through Mexico from other countries. Over the last couple of years, has been the big insert uh, insurgent in there. I just don't. I just don't hear anybody having any adult conversations about it. It's got to be all one way or all the other. And I mean that on both sides. Yeah. No, I,
0: I think
3: mean, there's people in your party that don't want any rules.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. The fault lies on both sides. I completely agree with you, Brian. But, you know, just using immigration again as an example, I just signed on to co-sponsor a bipartisan bill that's out there today called the Dignity Act, which has both Republicans and Democrats on it that would address all of these issues, why can't we move these things forward? And I think that takes leadership. I think in the first year in office and looking back on that, I would say to you, and this sounds like an obvious statement, but leadership really matters in this country. Who leads our country will enable us to put the politics aside. But if we don't have leadership that's willing to do that... Then we are where we are.
3: I think the perfect example of that is what's happening between Governor Pritzker and the governor of Texas. And, uh, I think it's real easy to sit in Chicago and tell Texas what they should or shouldn't do when they're not getting the impact. I think it's soulless and, 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 and friggin' evil to put people on planes and buses to use as pawns, children, kids. Uh, so instead of just having, you know, hey, easy for you to say sitting up there, why don't we come to the table and figure out what to do about it? We're playing political games.
0: That's us. right. That's a, the ultimate example of the political game and using human beings to, yeah, do, that, that, you know? to do that. Yeah, it's despicable to do that.
3: But, but I, I think that it is easy to sit in central Illinois or Chicago and not. I mean, I've been down there. I've seen what these ranchers are going through in Arizona and Texas and you, you know, they are seeing a very different side of this than we are here, even though it impacts us here.
0: Yeah, they've been living that crisis for many, many, many years. So yeah. Absolutely. All right.
3: Let's talk about some of your other accomplishments. Um, I, I know that a lot of, uh, you're standing with workers and and um, the Leap Act and all this kind of started with what happened here with Acorn Pharmaceuticals.
0: Yeah, that actually, you know, Rising Pharmaceuticals is now coming into yeah. the footprint of what was Acorn, um, and that's a really positive story for the city of Decatur. You know, there were 400 jobs that were lost in basically the middle of the night when Acorn pulled out of this community, and we showed up the next day um, and working with uh, the Workforce Development Center, working with employers. The city was wonderful the mayor was great. Everybody showed up. It was an all hands on deck approach to getting these folks that just found out now they don't have a job and their health insurance was going to run out at the end of the month. And so what do we do? How do we get those folks back into good paying jobs? And we've had I've had an opportunity to visit with Rising Pharmaceuticals and they're very committed to the investments in the city of Decatur. But out of that came legislation, the Fair Warning Act, because I think we need to be um, tough on employers that think that they can do this. Um, you know, leaving a community like that is not acceptable.
3: Well, from what I understand, you know, there was some uh, you know laws. I mean, they choose to pay the fines rather than abide by the law.
0: Right, but I think that what it would do, the Fair Warning Act would require more notice. I mean, if you're going to lay a worker off, I think the least you can do is give them an adequate amount of notice so that they can prepare and look for that other job. A community can can prepare, um, and so the Fair Warning Act. Would 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 give additional notice, but would also kind of strengthen and add teeth to those penalties, making sure that those workers, if they were Um, the violation of the Warn Act happened in in their situation, they would get the back pay, the full back pay for the time period that they should have uh, received it when they didn't get the fair notice that they deserved.
3: All right, we've got to take a break. We'll talk about the lead back. How do we get more people to work? Uh, You know, that's the magic bullet. I I mean, if you you can talk about government programs all day. If you're not getting somebody to that next level, right? right? I I mean, it's people need help and there's nothing wrong with that. But how do we get people into trades? How do we do better uh, about, Nick and I this conversation earlier, you know that middle class that's evaporated from this country, you know over the last thirty years. Uh, I feel like we're turning a corner there.
0: Yeah, I'll I see think if you agree. Yeah, exciting stuff to talk about on All
3: right, that front. We'll be back after the break. Stay tuned.
5: Winter has definitely arrived in central Illinois, and that means it's also time for the winter sale at the Brass Horn. Stop in now to have the best choices from all of their fall and winter merchandise with 35 to 75% off your favorite brands. Whether you're looking for a new shirt and jacket or casual jeans and sportswear, they have everything you will need for any occasion. So stop by the store and visit the Brass Horn at 108 East Prairie in downtown Decatur. The everyday guys are ready to hit the hardwood. Drives right
3: baseline.
5: hammers at oh. home. Join the Fighting Illini as they look to head back to the NCAA tournament. Join the family every game right here on your home for Fighting Illini basketball.
6: The Illini take on the Indiana Hoosiers from the State Farm
5: Center in Champaign. Saturday afternoon, 1 o'clock pregame, 2 o'clock tip-off on WSOY, 1340 AM, 103.3 FM. And educator.com.
4: You're listening to Buyers & Company, streaming live at NowDecatur.com.
3: Back here with uh, Congresswoman Nikki Budzinski in studios, um, the Leap Act. Explain that to us.
0: Yeah, the Leap Act. Again, it's a it was my first piece of legislation introduced, bipartisan. Um, that would be a small business tax credit for businesses that would hire a union apprentice or an apprentice through a great community college like right here in Richland, Richland's Community College. Um, so I, you know, I think that giving incentives, breaking down barriers. This has been one of my passions. I know it's one of your passions too, Brian. Is that you know the four year degree path um, is not the pathway for all young people, and we should be exposing those young people to other opportunities like the great programs at Enrich at Richland Community College or um, union apprenticeship programs, getting people to be electricians. These are good-paying jobs, and these are job openings in our community. The LEAP Act, I'm hoping, is just one of those further incentives uh, to kind of support that work.
3: All right. Uh, we talk about um, you know, systems You know, they stay around forever, uh, and I don't know if they were ever effective. I know they're not now. Right. I mean, public education, you could I mean, we deal with the perception of District 61 versus the reality of District 61. And that could be any urban school district in the United States of America. I mean, Mm -hmm. pick a town. Mm -hmm. We can't even as governments Mm -hmm. agree about how we keep score. You you know, uh, Florida brags about (laughs) its rates. But if you took the way Illinois calculates the rates, Florida would be behind us. I mean, we can't even agree on what success looks like. How do we fix the stuff that's become systematic and bureaucratic and, and how do we build that middle class? back up how do we point kids not only is it a four-year degree not the it's not even a good investment for some kids because they come out of it with so much student debt how do they build a life you know and if they can't if they don't get a useful degree that puts them into a a well-paying career i I mean it's it's not only the it's backwards
0: for them Mm -hmm. how Mm -hmm. do we change all that well, I think there's been some exciting opportunities in this first year in Congress that I've just been a helpful, try to be a helpful partner in that the local community is really leading, um, you know, the great work that the city is doing, again, Richland Community College, Nicole Bateman at the Economic Development Corporation, leading on some really important grant opportunities on workforce development. One of the most exciting, if not the most exciting bit of news that we got in my first year in office is that the city of Decatur became a finalist in the recompete grant application process. What that is, is really looking at workforce development. But when we are talking about prosperity indicator, Decatur, we're talking about prosperity for everyone. And when we recognize that black unemployment indicator is at 19 percent and the average within the community is at 9 percent, we're talking about we need to be focusing in on some of the communities that have really probably for very too long been left behind. The Recompete grant application that Richland Community College really led in partnership with a lot of key local stakeholders was selected as, first of all, the only community college in the country that led an application for Recompete that made it to the finalist section. Um, there were 562 applications across the country. Decatur became one of the 22 finalists. This is a major accomplishment for folks locally here on the ground, but what that would transfer and translate into is all this great expansion that is happening with ADM and premium and uh, bioprocessing and fermentation. You know, another great thing that happened in this last year is the tech hub designation. I like to talk about on the House Ag Committee that between Decatur to Champaign, we are the ag tech corridor of this country, and the tech hub designation or us becoming a final for that right here, indicator again creates more economic opportunity. But how do we make sure, indicator, that everyone benefits from that opportunity?
3: I, I think a lot of people just lump. People into two categories: those who are working and those who aren't working. And and those who aren't working are not working to the full potential they could be working, are a lot of different stories. And, and and we we just had this conversation. It's no different than what NASCAR is doing. I mean, it absolutely isn't. If you create a space where people are flying Confederate flags and and, and you wonder why black people aren't coming to your event, you you have to change. You do. And people have to see themselves in yeah. something. It's it's something yeah. that. It doesn't seem complicated to me, but it's something that bureaucracy sort of skips over.
0: Right. I think that's very true. And I think if you can't see it, you can't be it. You can't picture yourself. Yeah, in. yeah. exactly. I, I completely agree. And so... I'm hopeful, you know, getting back to this recompete grant and targeting really specifically black unemployment in the city of Decatur through workforce development, through Richland Community College, that we'll be able to lift all boats for everyone in the city and everyone can take advantage of these great manufacturing jobs. We talk a lot about the fact that we don't need the four year degree path to get into some of these good paying jobs in Decatur. I think on average, I think the number, the statistic is 77% of the manufacturing jobs that are open right now in the city of Decatur do not require a four-year degree. They do require some technical assistance, which you can get from Richland Community College. But it is about people being able to provide for their family. I think you're absolutely right when you say people might have a job, but if you're working at McDonald's, that is not necessarily going to provide for your family. So underemployment is a real issue. The quality of the jobs are a real issue. But for Decatur, where there are a lot of great job openings... With middle-class potential, it is about helping people get the skills they need to get into those jobs. And I'm really, really hopeful that we'll become one of the winners of Recompete. What's the
3: timeline on that?
0: We should know by early summer, I think, and the Economic Development Administration will let us know. But that could mean, I know for the city of Decatur, they've requested $54 million for it. So would be huge.
3: And then what would that fifty four million be spent on?
0: So it would be spent on wraparound services in part. Um, you know, for folks that are trying to get into programs at Richland Community College, they're still struggling with things like daycare. They're still struggling with a lot, of transportation. How do we help people be fully participatory in these programs so they can be successful?
3: What about the barriers that, that are created probably unintentionally, but they're there by the government itself? Meaning for me to start down this path, as soon as I do this, then I lose this benefit and I'm now actually more underwater than I was before I started the path. I mean, it would seem to me as a, as a country. You think about wraparound. Why would we not take a year or two years to make up for what, you know for that person to get from here to there and not have to take four steps back financially uh, because they would lose? I mean, we have too many of these things. And why would a two-year investment not make a whole lot more sense, even if you don't give a damn about people, rather than 20 years of assistance?
0: Right, I, I agree. I think w- what I would say to that is that this this progress is not going to happen overnight, and no, we do need but, to.
3: But Debbie Bogle with the United Way, they've mm-hmm. got tools now. They have a calculator that can sit down individually and map all that out and look exactly what. it, I, I mean, here is the road, so we know what the the map looks like. Yeah, and, yeah. and we know where the, the stumbling blocks are and the obstacles because if I go do this, then I have to give up this. And then what does that mean for uh, for this new place I'm at to get to a point where I'm then making as much as I was before I didn't have
0: this? Well, I think that's it. what's intended in this Recompete application for Decatur is that we they are going to break down those barriers. They are going to help people be the best I and mean, the most yeah. successful they can be in getting into these jobs, getting the training and um, finding success at Richland. I think um, it's a, It would be a big investment, but I think it's it's an investment to try to, you know, help people continue to move forward. Right.
3: And I don't think we've rethought that for a very long time.
0: This could be transformative. It's I, very I got, exciting. I
3: honestly believe it can. Uh, and then how do you do it at scale?
0: Mm-hmm. That's another question.
3: Okay. Uh, we've got a few minutes left here. Um, let's talk ag a little. As you mentioned, you know, we're home to ADM and Premier and soon to be uh, Nova feed and and all the other projects that are out there. And in addition, why is that important? Well, there's thousands of jobs, uh, but you got to have the workforce to fill those jobs. There's other things coming that are contingent on us doing what we need to do that. And that means more, uh, ag we're getting there. We, if I think about where we started a few years ago to where we are today, clearly it's more part of public education mm-hmm. and being institutionalized. Um, What's the potential? Uh, you mentioned the hub, you know, between yeah. here in Champaign, uh you know, the University of Illinois, School of ACEs, you know, right. uh, Fortune fifty companies like ADM, there's a lot of potential.
0: There's a lot of How potential. How do we maximize it? Um Well, I think you know, continuing, you know, the work of this tech hub, getting that nailed down, getting dollars attached to that designation uh for the bioprocessing and fermentation work that's already happening, quite frankly, here in Decatur and throughout the region. So just additional investment, I think the workforce component is an important component of this in the in the bigger picture of economic development for the city of Decatur. But again, I, I serve on the House Agriculture Committee. One of the things we absolutely have to get done in my second year in Congress is this farm bill as well, because that's obviously very supportive. We need to be supporting our family farmers. We grow... So much corn and soybean, we have some of the best soil in this area as well, but in order to find success with these other issues as it relates to bioprocessing or biofuels, I'm a very big supporter of biofuels as well, we have to have the corn and the soybean. We have to support the growers. In order to do that, we got to get a farm bill done. Um, so that's another thing that I've been working on on a bipartisan basis. Um, farm bills typ- typically tend to be bipartisan. I'm, I'm very hopeful this one will be too. All
3: right. You announced, uh, $1.2 million, uh, a week or so ago for Baby Talk here for, uh, early Head Start funding. What, what is that money for?
0: Head Start is just incredibly important when you're talking about wraparound services, when you're talking about breaking down barriers for people getting into, into work. Um, you know, these types of programs are what are going to provide parents with the opportunity to go to work knowing that their child is in a facility that's getting good quality care um, that they are learning early childhood development is something that's critically important that is supported through this initiative um, and that's visiting head starts in these types of facilities is one of the things I've really prioritized in my first year as well because I think that we need to be supporting the the very youngest learners but we also need to support their parents so that they can get into the jobs that they're uh, that they're working in every day.
3: All right. And, and what is a clean school bus?
1: Well, electric. I mean, school. my
3: my mind goes to something you know, like back in the day. You know, they weren't all that clean, but I'm assuming you're talking about yeah for the environment.
0: I'm talking about for the env- environment, Brian. Um, but no, it's an electric school bus. We we made an announcement. We actually had another on the western side of the district. Um, but we had uh, 50 electric school buses announced for the city of Decatur, uh, for the school district. This is just an effort to decarbonize and to make a healthier environment for our kids to learn and grow and and this is just one one important step in that direction.
3: Um, do you feel like, uh, I don't know where Nick's the resident EV uh, expert. I feel like we're stalling a little right now. And I don't think that's going to be the long term, uh, you know, but the short term. Uh, can government help push that? Yeah, I mean, that's what we do, I think, best. It's been a while, but, you know, building highways and infrastructure and and causing society to move in a direction by incentives mm-hmm. or whatever. Do you feel like that's at hand or are we in a little bit of a stall right now?
0: I I do think that's at hand. But again, it's one of those things that it's hard to, it's not something you can see tangibly overnight. It's a process. We talked about agriculture, climate smart agriculture and conservation programs that our growers voluntarily participate in are really important. There's a historic investment, $19.5 billion in those types of conservation programs because we recognize that there's a lot of different sectors that contribute to the carbon that we're emitting into our environment agriculture has a footprint in that transportation is the leading cause of carbon emissions um, in the country so investing in public transportation investing in electric school buses all of that works together uh, to reduce our carbon footprint and help us make progress but this is this is going to be a transition and it's not going to happen overnight
3: Okay, uh, come back and see us soon.
0: I would love or to. Or
3: by Thanks. phone or whatever. <laughs> when do you go back to Washington, D.C.?
0: I go back next week. Monday, we have votes. So I'll be back.
3: Are you looking forward to it, or are you dreading
0: it? I like being home, okay. is what I'll say. I would imagine,
3: <laughs> with normal people. Yes. Uh, uh, congratulations on your first year. Thanks Thank for uh, staying in touch and uh, keep doing what you do. Thank you. And uh, if people want to contact your office, I know constituent services are important. Locally, what do they do?
0: Just go to house um, budzinski.house.gov. Badzinski.house.gov.
3: Just Google. You'll find it. And then all of the offices are listed there. Hey, that's it for us. Uh, it's been a long week, but a good week. We'll see you Monday. If you're listening the show today, podcasts are driven by the Bob Brady Auto Group and an electric car, by the way. We're doing our part. And uh, you can check that out at naticator.com. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday.
4: WSOY Decatur and W277DB Decatur WSOY 1340 AM and 103.3 FM Streaming live at NowDecatur.com
1: This is RJ Crace with your stories now. Over the year, total non-farm jobs increased in eight metro areas, decreased in five and stayed the same in one for the year ending last December. That according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics and the State Department of Employment Security. Over the year, the unemployment rate increased in 13 metro areas, including Decatur, which saw a 1.2 percentage point increase to 5.7 percent last December. The Macon County Fair Board has announced some improvements and additions to this year's fair as a part of getting back to its Agricultural Roots the Fair will also be hosting two new livestock shows for poultry and rabbits. The Junior Steer Sale of Champions is-
0: You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.